The NBA is back, and at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and yeah, Washington. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Here's what you do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN. PN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's the Nationals are strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Season coming back from 14 nothing down. What a win! The show by the fans for the fans, covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DC Crossover, episode number 85, here on this Monday evening after another disappointing weekend for the Washington football team. This is what, four losses in a row, I think? Yep, four losses. It is, uh, has not been pretty, and this one we will definitely get into today was certainly uh, another bad loss on the list. That is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. This is the DC Crossover, as I mentioned. You can follow the show on Twitter at the DC Crossover for the main show account and at Cerrone16 if you want some winners on the bets. Mike, you got to start giving out some winners. Well, that's the thing is I wanted to uh, have a betting podcast with me, you, and our friend Dan, right? Uh, because I thought that'd be fun. But then he said that his work won't allow it or something like that. And obviously, we don't want to, you know, start making some waves with uh, opportunities with jobs. Yeah, uh, we don't want to but... get anybody fired around here. <laughs> that's the thing is like I wanted to do that because I thought it would be actually a really uh, nice 
opportunities to hang out and, and, and talk about what our winners are, what our plays are, and do it like once or twice a week, something like that, for like 20 minutes. Uh, but obviously, that's not going to happen. But uh, not gonna, you know, throw that out for you know for the future maybe. But uh, I would like to do it. I'll even do it by myself. I want to see you care. tweet some winners. I want to see you tweet some. Hey, if you want to do a 15 minute uh, betting podcast <laughs> or whatever on your own on our feed, feel free to do that, man. You know, you it's right. Uh, whatever you want to do, because Mike Mike does pretty well with his bets. I'm more of a I, I, I don't consistently bet, but when I do, it either goes really, really well or really, really <laughs> poorly, and it has not been going well lately. So I, I take little breaks. After I lose a few bets in a row, uh, especially these parlays, I go, all right, let me just sit back for a couple of days. After losing the chance to win $1,800 off of a soccer bet where I had all the legs except for one, that's when you know it's time to step back Salty. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing is I don't really do those big parlays anymore because when I first started out, when I was in college, I did the exact same thing. I mean, you were doing it just for fun, obviously. Right. Um, but when I was so inexperienced with betting right in the beginning, obviously we know sports and stuff like that, but I went out there and had a few bad beats and I started doing this. Like I started got, getting money hungry and I was like, man, man if I just keep adding, if I had this one more in there, you know, and then all of a sudden, instead of saying just one more, it ended up being like nine. Yeah. And then you have a nine leg parlay going and you're yeah. sweating and you're scared and it's you a put, whole put, thing. You, you, and then you put 10 bucks on it and it's just like, you're just dumping 10 bucks down the toilet. Right. I mean, it's just like, seriously, it was like so bad, but now it's like, I try to stick to around uh, five or less. Um, and a lot of that has to do with props and stuff like that, because that's my new shtick is doing player props, because I think, uh, that when it comes down, especially NBA, I love doing NBA player props, but, uh, I tried to stop doing player props in the NFL because of the sole fact that I've bet on five people now, including this past weekend, right. uh, where they've gotten hurt, uh, when I bet on them, uh, Christian, Christian McCaffrey started it off. CMC started it off. Uh, I did have Jameis Winston yesterday, and right. he basically his leg blew up, um, and it's just a lot of a lot of misfortune. But overall, uh, I, I would like to tweet out the winners. The only problem with that dude is that everyone's going to say, "Well, tweet out your losers too," and I'm going to like, "Well, there's a lot more of those." Yeah, um, <laughs> those but, would be uh, many a multitude of tweets would yeah, be on the yeah. losers' side. Well, maybe expect something along those lines in the future. Maybe that's a 2022 project for the show uh, for for the DC crossover. Maybe we'll get some in the in the betting realm because um, Mike's a guy to do it uh, for sure. And then, you know, again, I'm, I'm here every now and then with some some picks. Um, right, right, as, right. Speaking of, of good picks this weekend, Michigan State was my pick for oh, yeah. our show, and it ended up going pretty darn well for it Sparty. Did. A huge win. Uh, against another top 10 team and the rival University of Michigan. A, a game where, Mike, I mean, I know this is a D.C. podcast. We won't spend much time on this, but uh, a game where Michigan State at one point was down 16, and I thought, they're toast. I was like, this is it. <laughs> uh, my, co- my cousin who went to Michigan was over watching the game with me. He was all pumped. It looked like this one was over because it was like right. third quarter or something like that. It was a 16-point game. It was like, all right, man, Sparty will get him again next year. Next thing you know, touchdown, two-point conversion, touchdown, two-point conversion, whole new ball game. It was one of the best games of the year for college, not only for the rivalry, but in college football. I think there's there's two or three games you can think of, like the Ole Miss-Arkansas game, I think this game, and then maybe like one other that you could put up there, some of the best that we've seen in college football. And uh, I'm just happy. Michigan State in the top five now. Possible path to college football playoff. We'll see. The rankings come out tomorrow as far as the uh, the college football playoffs. But 
man, I've been pumped about that. Yeah, and awesome. that's the thing, too, is that they're also thinking of possibly knocking Cincy out. So that's a big deal for Michigan State as well, because Michigan State obviously has the Big Ten schedule. Right. Okay, Cincinnati with their, I think it's the American Athletic, the AAC, I think, um, that they're in. The problem with their schedule is, you know, they have a lot of layups and certain games of the last few weeks haven't really gone. There. I mean, look at the game against Tulane this past weekend. Right. They literally were, you know, it was like a tight Tulane game was in that game third. for a while. <laughs> and they're one in six. That's the difference. And that's the thing. The week prior to that, they played Navy and Navy's having a pretty down year. And all of a sudden Navy was in that into the end. So when you're looking at it, that's going to be a real big De- 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 I mean, deterrent when it comes to who's going to begin, who's going to be out, all that kind of stuff. And what I saw on a broadcast, I forgot exactly which game it was. They had a few experts out there that said that Michigan State, uh, one said they were the first one out, and then two other ones had them in the top three. So that's actually a really good uh, It's possible. Spot. I mean, undefeated. You know? And think about it this way, too. They're also not playing Trevor Lawrence. They're not playing uh, Tua. They're oh, not yeah. playing any of these guys in college. So it's like Alabama already got beat. Clemson sucks. So they're not oh, I mean, it. If I any mean, of these teams play Georgia, they'd lose. So like, like I'm, I'm fully, right, right, I fully right. understand that if Michigan State plays Georgia, they'll get smoked. If University of Michigan plays Georgia, they'll get smoked. Ohio State plays Georgia. They're gonna, I mean, it's Georgia's uh, championship to lose at this point. They have the one of the best defenses we've ever seen. I mean, right. their defense is unbelievable, uh, yeah. and then their offense does enough to get it, uh, get a win. So it's like, yeah, I mean, for Michigan State, I'm just happy because this is not what this team is supposed to be this year. They were supposed to be like maybe a four-win team, something along those lines. They're eight no with two unranked opponents coming up, and then they've got the tough slate where they got Ohio State and Penn State to finish out the season. So we'll see. I was happy. I had my Woo Boy hot chicken and the Ooh. game all on Saturday. It was great. It was great. You know what? That might be our first uh, official sponsor that we attain by our That'd own. That would be great. Uh, <laughs> I love Woo Boy, man. Because we got DraftKings, but we didn't really get DraftKings ourselves. DraftKings kind of right. joined a, a board with the new network that we were on. But, I mean, Woo Boy, I might need to go talk to uh, Mr. Boy. Yeah. And, it's uh, damn and- <laughs> good. I had my level three Sando on Saturday. Oh, boy. Delicious. Um, we got a lot to talk about in this game. I did just want to briefly, briefly uh, ask – Halloween wise, trick or treaters. What was what? What did you feel like the uh, the flow was this year? Was there a decent amount? No. So for me, I, because I live in a condo complex, they had this whole entire shtick of, oh yeah, we're gonna have a trunk or treat. Then all of a sudden, oh, the monsoon right. hit on Friday, and then they were like, well, if you want to participate in trick or treaters, then come get this thing and put it on your door. And I was like, well, I'm not gonna do that. I mean, I'm not gonna have three kids come to my door and have a big bowl of candy and just give it all to them. Right. So I said, I said, I said, nah, I'm not doing that. Usually, <laughs> I go out with my uh niece and nephew because they're in first and second grade in the last like five or six years we've done it the problem is is that they moved to a new neighborhood out in lansdowne so uh in essence you know they were out with their friends from the neighborhood and stuff like that so we didn't really do it this year but it's all good um but hey real quick tidbit before i ask you about your halloween because i know that lucy was a uh you know a nice little uh, roar (laughs) detroit Detroit. uh (laughs) and uh real quick i have a little tidbit that my mom uh, was just doing some stuff around the house yesterday or something like that, and she asked Alexa to play the DC crossover for oh. her. And she was, she said there was a little too much information about the onions and the salmonella and everything from you. Okay. Um, okay. And then, Good then she, yeah, and then she she listened to a lot of it, and I'm not saying that she never listens to it sure. because the sole, I mean, the sole fact that you know I'm her son. I mean, my parents are the same way. Every now and then they'll listen to an episode and then they'll talk to me about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, with you. yeah. So she was like, oh, I'm, I'm just gonna listen to this today, and I was like, all right. And she started. Texting me about it, and then she, she was texting me for like 
30, 40 minutes about everything <laughs> we were saying. I was like, I was like, Mom, why are you still listening to the to the Washington football team loss? Like, well, there you like, go, people. On. Now you know. <laughs> Tell your Alexa that you want to listen to the DC crossover, and she'll listen and put it on. Um, right. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, my again, my parents are the same way. Where every now and then, my mom would be like, she'll bring up something that I, we talked about like four episodes ago, and I'll be like, <laughs> I don't even remember what you're talking about. But no, Halloween was good. Little, little too young, obviously, to go trick or treating or anything like that. Right, Hopefully, right, next right. year we can pull that off. Um, but I had a decent amount of trick or treaters. We we cleared a lot of the bowl. The the crazy thing was when I went to Giant on Halloween morning to go buy some candy because I didn't have any candy yet for Halloween. Halloween morning, everything was switched over to Christmas. The, all the really? displays were Christmas. Now they did still have candy. It wasn't Halloween themed. It was Christmas themed. So I grabbed bags of this quote unquote Christmas candy. So it's like mint and stuff like that. But I found oh, a lot dude, of Reese's gross. and we have a lot of leftovers. So you know what I'm going to be eating uh, for the next month is just all the leftover Reese's that I have. Right, right. Still. It's it's going to well, be good. But it was it, weird. It's it, it, it Thanksgiving just like not that's a holiday. The thing. I didn't. I, that's <laughs> what I I like. I would have sort of understood if they flipped it to Thanksgiving. But still, it was Halloween morning. Like it was still yeah. Halloween. Like f the turkey. Let's just go it, right into the change it on tree Monday. Cakes. Don't change it on Sunday. I don't know. I don't work at Giant, so I, I can't tell them what to do. I guess. When, when is the appropriate time to put up Christmas lights? The day after Thanksgiving. The day after. Okay. Thanksgiving. See. Yeah. See. That's normal. I don't, I'm not going to put up you know Christmas tree lights you know on uh, the November first. No. 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 Like, I'm not going to be that go Day after or a couple days after Thanksgiving, you're in the clear, and then you got to take them down at least. A, a couple week after, days after, yeah, a week after yeah. New Year's. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You, you can oh, leave a little holiday boat. cheer for about a week, and then you got to take oh, them down. Yeah, a little cheer. And the, the funny thing is, I think I told you this before, that when I first moved into this condo, there's a big tree that's kind of near my uh, near my balcony. And some squirrels, you know, they right, wandered the on my balcony. Right, squirrel in the neighbor's story. I remember that. It, 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 oh, well, oh, the neighbor had an incident. I don't yeah, we'll get into that loud. another time. He, he, had, he had an incident uh, the, the other night. Um, it's kind of funny, though. Um, but I'll have to tell you that later. So... Uh, basically, uh, the squirrels kind of wander on there, but I kind of clip some of the branches. I don't think you're supposed to do that, but right. hey, I'm paying for this place. You're not going to have branches on my, on my balcony. Sure. So all of a sudden when I put up some lights, cause I was like, ah, I'll put on some lights and be festive. You know, not really, it wasn't really for a cause. It's like, you know, people put balcony lights up oh, yeah. and stuff that's, like that. That's just a so, totally you know, normal thing. Yeah. And I put my lights up and within two days, the lights just wouldn't come on. Ooh. I'm like, what the hell? And they're, I mean, they were cheap lights anyway. So I, I, I figured that they were just like burn out or something like that. I go out there, squirrels chewed through oh. the lights. I was like, what the hell? I mean, I, it took me like freaking a half an hour to wrap the damn things around the stupid, stupid poles. That's pretty wild. I wouldn't have thought they would have been able to pull that off. Yeah. I, I, the, the funny thing was, is like, it was not, it looked like someone went out there with a pair of scissors and clipped, right. but it was clipped in like three different areas. So it wasn't like, it was like some weird pine cone That's or crazy. something. Freaking squirrels! Freaking squirrels, man! You, uh, your neighbor hates those squirrels. We know that. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, let's dive into the rewind here. Just a quick recap on this uh, past week in DC sports, and then we'll dive into these a little bit further. We'll start with the Washington Football Team. Another loss, seventeen to ten to Denver. Uh, now they fall to two and six and fourth in the NFC East. For a long time, we were holding down that number two spot in the NFC East. Uh, not any longer. Taylor Heineke, pretty much a, uh, a mirror image of his last couple games. He's he, the other game. He was like twenty-five for thirty-eight. Now he was twenty-four for thirty-nine. Two seventy, one touchdown, two picks, two fumbles. Not a great day. Only one rush for Taylor Heineke uh, yesterday too. Usually you get at least five or six out of him. Antonio Gibson, eight carries, thirty-four yards, three catches on three targets. JD McKissick, 
Pretty nice day. Eight catches on eight targets for 83 yards and three rushes for 10. Uh, Jared Patterson had a nice day. A guy who, yeah, we obviously, rookie guy, we haven't really seen a whole lot of him this season. We saw him play really well in the preseason, but he had a great day. 11 carries. Well, I wouldn't say great day. 11 carries, 46 yards. Decent outing. Terry McLaurin, kind of a ghost in this one. Three catches, seven targets, 23 yards. Hope you didn't have him for fantasy. Uh, DeAndre Carter. Another kind of fun breakout game for him. He had the touchdown pass. It was credit to Heineke. Great pass. He hit him perfectly in the corner of the end zone. Three catches on six targets for 51 yards. Uh, Humphreys a couple catches on three targets. But defensively, this team did their job. John Allen a sack. Landon Collins a sack with eight tackles. Uh, Deron Payne a sack. John Allen a sack. James Smith-Williams. We haven't ta- said his name on this show all season with the sack as well. But we'll dive into the game a little bit more in depth. But 17-10, the loss there. Let's turn over to the Caps. James Smith-Williams sounds like a president's name. It does. Uh, just, 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 just popped in my head there. So the Washington <laughs> Capitals, 5-0-3, second in the Metro Division. Monday, they beat Ottawa 7-5. Oshie picks up his fifth career hat trick, throwing those hats on the ice. Ovi scores his sixth and seventh goals of the season. Jensen and Carlson both score as well. Samsonov made 32 saves. Very crazy game, back and forth. I mean, I was looking at the scoreboard. I believe they are up 4-1 at, the, at one point. Uh, but they just kept clawing back, Ottawa was, uh, and they ended up uh, still going down, but the Caps kind of matched them goal for goal once it got tied around 4-4. Uh, Wednesday, they lost to Ben's Detroit Red Wings in overtime 3-2. Caps blew a 2-0 lead. Ovi scored his eighth goal of the season. Kuzi scores his fifth. Ovi scored goal number 738, putting him three back from Brett Hall for fourth all-time on the list. Uh, Anthony Mantha also picks up an assist in his first game against his old squad. Uh, but that was an unfortunate loss being up 2-0 uh, against a team that is rebuilding with young guns. Uh, but now Friday, uh, they beat Arizona. Embarrassing game from Arizona, to be honest with you. Uh, Samsonov only had 16 saves. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. just bad. Uh, he did have a nice shutout, but 16 shots on goal is pathetic uh, by the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Carlson scored a power play goal. Ovi scored a league-leading ninth goal of the year, number 739. Oshi is out with an injury, uh, but also Kuzi picked up sixth and seventh assists on the season, so he's playing well, which we definitely needed him to do with Nick Backstrom out. Now on to the boys. I was going to say the boys in blue, but that was the <laughs> old color scheme. The boys in D.C., D.C. above all, the Washington Wizards. The Caps still have not lost in regulation. Kind of wild at this point. Uh, the Washington Wizards, as Mike mentioned, a great week of hoops for them. They're now 5-1 and one and second in the East. Monday, lost to Brooklyn 104-90. to 90. I mean, again, the Nets have two of the best players in the league in Harden and Durant. Um, so, you know, you're going to lose to them every now and then. Beal also was pretty bad. 8-for-22 from the field, 3-for-13 from deep. Didn't even attempt a free throw in this one. So not that great of a night. But then Wednesday really started off the rest of the week. First, you beat Boston 116-107. Harrell goes bonkers. 25 points, 11 rebounds. Shot 10 of 13 from the field. Dinwiddie added 22 points. Beal added 17. Uh, Unfortunately, Gafford left this game with injury. Right now, he's questionable for tonight's game. On Thursday, beat Atlanta, a good Hawks team. I mean, these are the good, solid teams in the East, in Boston and Atlanta, Brooklyn. Beat Atlanta 122-111. Beal had 27 in this one. Harrell 25-13. and 13. 
Uh, no Dinwiddie in this one and no Daniel Gafford, but the Wiz still get the win. And then Saturday, the thriller, the double OT, 115-112 win. Beal puts up 36. Kuzma with a 17-17. and 17. Not a bad night for him. Montrezl Harrell added another double-double. The guy's double-double machine. Really glad I have him for fantasy basketball. 20 right. points, 14 rebounds, and the Wizards... Unfortunately, did not shoot that well in this game. 36.5% from the field, but they get the double overtime win. Mike, I know you watched some of that game. Um, obviously, uh, the we'll take the win, but wasn't right. the prettiest win, that's for sure. Yeah, it wasn't the best win, obviously, 36.5% from the field. The biggest thing was, I believe, the Celtics were like 3 of 26 from deep. Yeah. So, yes, they got a lot of, you know, in-the-paint scoring and stuff like that. I mean, their guards are a lot bigger than our guards, let's put it that way. Um, but, obviously, we only have Montrezl Harrell playing the center position. I mean, Thomas Bryant's out. Daniel Gafford's out. Uh, hopefully, Gafford is going to come out uh, here soon and start playing within the next, I guess, couple games. Yeah, he's questionable uh, for tonight, so we'll see if he plays tonight. I don't know. That's the biggest thing, though, is that Montrezl Harrell, you know, leaning on him to not foul out or get in foul trouble. When you have to have Davis Bertans out there playing center, Right. <laughs> That's not a good sign. Let's no, be honest here. No, it's not. It's not. But uh, we will talk about the Wizards in a bit. Let's get to the football side of things. The Washington football team. Yep. We got to talk about it, people. The Washington football team lose again. Mike and I had said last episode this was kind of a must win for this team. And, of course, they lose. Um couple blocked field goals i mean we got this new kicker blew it and uh the jokes all it. over twitter i mean that's every <laughs> single person loves tweeting about his last name because i don't know what's going on i haven't seen he's had three blocked field goals at this point because he had he had one in his debut as well we've seen now three of them is it just that he's kicking low is i, I don't understand <laughs> i've never seen this many blocked field goals it's crazy i mean when i'm in playing madden i'm always going for those blocked field goals and you get it like once out of like 200 times we've seen three in the last 2 weeks and this team loses a close one and those field goals really ended up mattering a lot in this game and and, and i just want to start there and we'll get into some of this other stuff but What's going on with the kicking game? I think the biggest thing when you look at blocking a field goal, usually it's, for the most part, a tip ball at the line, uh, which is, I would say, more often than not. But then other blocks that you see are, you know, corners or wide receivers or whoever is playing that end spot, you know, whipping it around and someone misses a blocking assignment. Right. The issue is, is that even Mark Schlereth, and by the way, I loved having Mark Schlereth on the call. Because especially against you know the Broncos, where he played for both teams, zero bias because he won Super Bowls with both teams, zero bias. Right. And he was out there, and the, the best part about it is I love him on NFL Live and all these other different shows that he's on uh, because he has really good breakdowns. He's Like I said, he's not biased, and he actually has good things to say. He's not just blowing smoke and, and, and just telling you, you know, what fans want to hear or trying to be a you know Max Kellerman or something like that. When he was on there, he specifically said, that Blewett is out there and he is basically kicking it way too low and he's trying to put too much power underneath the ball. Now, I understand that is, you know, 
something that you need when you're trying to kick, you know, 45 plus yarders. Sure. For this party. It sounds plus like you probably would need a little bit of power with those kicks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Justin Tucker or Matt Prater or something. Yeah. Like they that. make it look easy. Um, yeah. But that's the problem is that, you know, he's going out there and, you know, he's coming in for uh, Dustin Hopkins, who wasn't horrible this season, but he definitely put us in some bad spots. Sure. The, the issue big is. Misses. Yeah. The issue is, is that. You can't have three blocked field no. goals in like five attempts. No. I mean, it's just and and not to mention that literally these blocked field goals are leaving points off the board, which we needed, especially last week. But last week was more so we were going for fourth down every two seconds. The problem is that this is a game that was low scoring. The last two weeks, this defense has given us chances, so points are at a. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, you make the the, those field goals. It's a 17-16 game. And this team doesn't have to try to throw a touchdown to tie the game right. at the end. They can kick a field goal to win. This could have been a win if you make those field goals instead of right. getting them tipped Dikembe Mutombo style. Right. And I think I think that's, you know, the answer to your question is I mean, I haven't really gone back and looked at them because I mean a tip is a tip, but that's the problem is that you have to get the ball up in the air. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing too is that if these kids are I say kids, if these guys are in college and they're kicking field goals, you still have people that are there that can block the field goal. So it's it's field goal kicking 101. Just don't let the line block it. Right. I mean, if you get it tipped, okay, maybe one tip, okay, kind of unfortunate circumstance. Maybe you miss hit or something like that. You got two blocked it's yesterday. Insane. It's insane. You don't see this happen, and we've seen it multiple times. Now you have the missed field goals obviously cost this team, and then you have – you know, little things like Bobby McCain dropping a, oh, an easy God. kick. Um, that just pissed I know, me off. I know and, you and were furious for, for, about 40 that. 40-yard pass immediately after that. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? Uh, like, You, you have got, to be able to catch <sighs> those. You have to be able to catch those. Those are the moments that come back to Bayou. And then, you know, on the, this O-line gave up five sacks uh, the other day. That's not going to help. Uh, obviously, Heineke with a couple fumbles on the day. Um, the, the play at the end where... Washington football team was given a gift by getting the football back oh, because boy, Denver yeah. fumbled and you had one more shot. And now look, trying to put together a game tying drive is obviously difficult and probably more times you're going to fail than, than get it. But at the same time, um, this team had two, t- two chances to try to tie this game up <laughs> and they couldn't right. do it either. Um, oh, by the way, Daniel Gafford starting tonight against the Hawks just got the notification. So that's good. Hot damn. Um, so he's back, but the, the, the most, Egregious one was the final opportunity where they got where Heineke on fourth down throws it into the first row of the stands. Oh my god. It wasn't even close. Now look, you throw it up there and they let's say they pick it off in the end zone. So Who be cares? It. Fourth fourth down, it's the end of the game. So be it. you gotta give your guys at least a chance. At least I mean we've seen other teams throw Hail Marys against this team and be able to make it happen. This was not All even right. that. This was like a forty yard pass. Uh, maybe even shorter. I think it was 25. Uh, and <laughs> you, you can't throw it out of the back of the end zone, Mike. And this goes back to this Jekyll and Hyde of Taylor Heineke where you see the tremendous pass to DeAndre Carter where he laid it perfectly for that touchdown. And then you see him throw it into the first row on the last play of the game. This guy, that's, This is why this guy is not a starting NFL quarterback on any other team in this league. Yeah, and that's the problem – when we are talking about Taylor Heineke, and I even said it, said it uh, on Twitter, I said Taylor Heineke, you know, his career as the starting quarterback, I believe, should be over just as much as the season should be. Yeah. Because 
And I'm not going to sit there and say like, okay, this guy sucks or anything like that. I would love to have him as a backup. Love it. I would. Sure. I, I mean, there, he's a, there is he's a backup quarterback in this league. That's that's he, his role. Exactly. He is a backup quarterback in this league that can come in there, show you some miraculous moments, and maybe save a game or two for you. Just like just like he gave us a chance against Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, for the most part, you, could, you should say. I mean, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, in the playoffs last year, the issue is is that. It's it's like you said, Jekyll and Hyde. It just makes no sense how sometimes he goes out there, and you see this random play that you're just wondering what he's doing, and like that's not like people are like, oh, that's not what Taylor Heineke has done for us in the past. I mean, he ran like you said one time. That's insane. Part of his weaponry is his legs. He can yeah. go, he can tuck and run when nobody's open, and go get you twenty yards. I mean, he has that type of speed. He didn't do it at all yesterday. He he had like eighty yards rushing last week. Yeah. Ran for like eleven times. Is someone telling him not to run because he let him five sacks? Yeah, it's five. crazy. It's crazy. And and, and and you even texted me that. He, you can't take a sack now. Number one, I was watching on Hulu TV. Uh, so when you said sacked, I was kind of pissed. Oh I was like, yeah, Damn, yeah, there it goes. Uh, but I, <laughs> I mean, it's not your fault. Uh, but that's the thing. It's like he got sacked on like what first down or whatever when when we got you know bailed out. Yeah, I mean, dude, you have to know what's going on, and that's the thing about yeah, it. They had is, to burn a timeout, and and like exactly, it was just yeah. yeah. You can't like you said, you got to know what's going on. He doesn't seem to have that awareness. And, and and the funny thing about it is is that you mentioned it that like we lo- allowed five sacks. Sam Cosme's not out there. Cornelius Lucas is is out there doing something. I don't know. Like they have a lot of backup guys. Brandon Sheriff's not out there. I mean, so they have a lot of backup. Ruye went out today, of course. Ex- exactly. Or went out and yesterday. That, yeah. And that's the problem that we're having is that with these backups, okay, they are you know obviously backups for a reason. But the sole fact of the matter is, he had a sack that he held the ball for five and a half seconds. I counted on the replay. Right. I mean, dude, Peyton Manning and and Tom Brady, they don't get sacked. Because of the sole fact that they get the ball out of their hands, the ball's three gone seconds. by three seconds exactly. Yeah, and that's what we've been preaching the entire time with Taylor Heineke is he is waiting for guys to get open rather than passing them open, and that's why we mentioned it before. He's just a guy. He is a backup quarterback, and I, again, I hate to, to to see his story end and stuff like that in this kind of fashion, but I mean, this is the Denver Broncos. This is not the the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we have them looming after the bye right. week. And we suck after the bye week, n- notoriously. So, I mean, and you think the, the Bucks just lost to Trevor Simeon? You think that Tom Brady's going to take that lightly? Right. He's going to say, I'm going to kill this team. I mean, you look at and some he, of the backups, the performances from the backups around the league. I mean, you look over at, what, Trev- uh, Mike White? was That's what it is on the yeah. Jets? Yeah. I gave him so much crap last week, Leading too. the Jets to victory over the Bengals. You had Simeon play well. I mean, you look at some of these guys out there, and you're like, wow. Those are backups for other teams. Here's what's yep, going on yep. with our starting quarterback, basically, uh, all season long. I mean, you would almost kill for some of those guys' performances because I just don't think Heineke is the guy. And 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 obviously, he he coming into the season that wasn't the the point. It was going to be even though they called it a QB battle in camp, but we knew it was Ryan Fitzpatrick's right, right. job. And 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 obviously, he's in a tough position. Heineke being hand, handed the reins, but you're seeing why he is not starting caliber. We're seeing yeah. it every single week. And and that's the issue, too, is that, I mean, you said it perfectly with the Jekyll and Hyde situation, where the, we see one time where he's out there gunslinging against Green Bay, and he's running for 90 yards or whatever the heck it is. And then all of a sudden he comes out here, and he runs one time when he gets sacked five times. You specifically said 
He doesn't have the situational awareness, okay? You can't take a sack when you get bailed out and somehow we have 30 seconds left and we need to get 30 yards. You can't take a sack when your backup linemen are giving you six seconds. You have to take chances. If you throw a million picks, sweet. But if you have sacks, 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 and your QB rating is is below the, the turf, I mean, it's so low, you, you can't be doing that. Right. It's just, it's, it's just so bad where we have literally, and I even said it myself yesterday, we have gone in the red zone. Now, I need to look at the, the team stats here a little bit. We have gotten the red zone so many times. Literally, at the start of the game, we were in the red zone dating back to the Green Bay game. 0 for 5 in the red zone. That is horrible, number one. <laughs> so number bad. two, when you get past the 50-yard line, typically the defense are on their heels. But, for instance, we were literally... I mean, there were so many. We were like driving manual cars. There were so many stalls after the 50 yard line where the drive just ended. We take a sack, or you know, Antonio Gibson would, would lose a couple yards on a run, or whatever it may be, and then all of a sudden we're we're backpedaling. We're like, I guess we're punting again. Tressway, come on out here, grab your cleats. <laughs> it just it's just pitiful. And not to mention, our buddy Dan said it perfectly. Every single time yesterday, they would go out there and throw swing passes. Okay. The, the biggest difference, when you look at a team that goes out there and throws screens left and right, uh, like the Browns. The Browns throw perfect screens all the time. Okay, They threw a ton against the Steelers yesterday. Even though they lost, they threw a ton. We keep doing this swing pass swing pass gate, or whatever the heck you want to call it, swing, swing and gate, with J.D. McKissick. I love J.D. McKissick because he, he has burner wheels, and when he catches it, he usually always gets a lot of yards after catch. The problem is, he had eight catches once again for 83 yards, as long as it's 27. But he had eight targets, and they were all swing passes. Yeah, like, they were. What are we? What are we doing? Like, <laughs> swing passes can the either only kill thing a drive. That was effective, pretty much for this team. It's I, crazy. I, I mean, let's be honest here. You have you have Antonio Gibson out there who he had three catches for twenty yards. You have Those one of the best wide receivers in the league in Terry McLaurin, and the guy's a ghost. Exactly, and that's the problem. Is that I, I'm Denver has some good corners, so I will give them credit for that. The problem is, is that. You know, those weeks that you're, you know, you're targeting Terry like 15 times, I understand you need to get more targets to other guys and spread it out a little bit more, but you need to get it to your playmakers. And when you're sitting there, and like I said, he's not throwing guys open, that is so discerning to the point right. where you're, uh, you're looking at it and, and you're saying, this is just, I mean, we're going to go out here, we're going to get two first downs, and we're going to punt it. I mean, and it happened so many times yesterday. It was so disheartening to see our team go out there and just suck. And now I know that they're going to go out there and say, oh, well, you know, well, there's some positives we can work on, stuff like that. No, you're, you're, you have a bye week, which we already talked about it earlier today. It's not a bye week for them because they have to go and practice because they suck. And Ron Rivera said that. I mean, he didn't say that specifically, but he basically <laughs> you know, beat around the bush about yeah, it. No days but off here for this team. Literally, 17 points to the Denver Broncos. The last two weeks, the defense has played their best games. And we'll get into Landon Collins here in a second. But they played their best games, and our offense has just fell flat to the point where we had two winnable games against Denver and Green Bay to save the season, I would say. Right. Especially because the Cowboys just they're throwing any quarterback out there and somehow they're winning. Uh but it's like there's another I mean, backup. Literally. There's another backup that had a great yep. performance. I mean, yep. it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, before we move uh move away from from the football side, you mentioned Landon Collins. Uh obviously I think it should go said that Landon Collins has looked so much better since oh, yeah. the switch. I mean, he had obviously a sack. He had some for, a forced fumble the other day. Um, you know, a bunch of solo tackles. It's And we talked about last week how concerning it was that that took them this long to figure it out. And again, that concern continues because, yeah, this guy should have been in this position from the <laughs> beginning because clearly right. he is solid. 
not getting burned on the outside every game, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, with Landon Collins is that dating back to last game, he had seven solo tackles, led the team, I believe, uh, with seven, I believe it was the last game. And Cole Holcomb is always leading the team with tackles. Yeah, it's always Holcomb part. in the mix. But, yeah. Yeah, and Collins led, led the team last week, and then all of a sudden, now you're seeing him go out there, have eight total tackles, five were solos, a sack, two tackles for loss, and a cute... Like, it's a great day. What are, we, what are we doing here? This guy's like a Pro Bowl yeah, caliber Yeah, this guy's going to be weeks. a Pro Bowl linebacker, and he's only been <laughs> in it for two games. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and he hates the switch, but all of a sudden, he's playing like he lights out, because this is what he does, and we've been right. talking about that for weeks. Yeah. But all of a sudden, now, our defense, you know, and I, honestly, if, it, if, if two weeks from now, when they play the Bucks and somehow... Landon Collins goes out there. Our defense plays, you know, pretty well or something like that. And Landon Collins goes out there and does the same thing he did this week or something like that or something near that. I mean, I think that's proof enough that that one change makes all the difference of how this team and this how how this oh, defense yeah. sucked in the early going. And now all of a sudden they're playing well. And now you're seeing Landon Collins go out there and he's jumping up and down, going crazy because he's <laughs> playing his playing his ass off. And all of a sudden our our offense just sputters and can't do shit. Right, so right. Oh, oh, you might need to bleep that that's out. That's all right. Uh, so, anyways, no, no, no one heard it. Um, no, no, no. But uh, I get fired up when I'm talking about this team, especially yeah. now that they have a bye week and then we're going to get waxed against Tampa. Well, right. Now we have a whole week to kind of think about all their flaws and, and yep, all yep, the mistakes yep. that they made. And um, But you're right. The defense has looked a lot better. The defense has definitely stepped up. The offense is where the struggles have been, and they have to figure something out because it's just not working. And, and you can't go a game without – at least giving scary Terry like you know ten targets or whatever Something. you got to give him more chances because he is your best offensive player and you didn't utilize him against Denver I mean at all whatsoever so they'll figure it out by week here so we won't be actually doing any post games or or any of that stuff uh, this weekend we'll be watching all the other games of course going on in the league um, I'm gonna skip over the Caps here tonight there's not a lot to say with them I mean as we they've been playing tremendous like I'm not yeah. knocking them at all. They're just playing almost so good that it's hard to even talk about because it's like, all right, what other storyline are there then? <laughs> Ovi's on fire. Uh, you know, the goalies are playing well. This team hasn't lost in regulation. I mean, that's it. Those are the main st- topics when it comes to the Caps. So we will spend some time on the Caps here soon. Let's get a little larger sample size from them uh, and, and see if they continue on this roll. But we will talk some basketball here. The Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards, it's always great when you have a couple teams in the city doing really well. Um, And it usually lines up where since the Caps and the Wizards, their seasons align, it's always fun if those two teams are, are playoff hunting because then you get to have you know the and, and obviously we're at the beginning of the season, so we're not there yet. But I just mean it's always fun when those two teams are in the mix because and on any given night in D.C., you could go down and see the Caps play in a big game. Then you go down and see the Wizards win. And it, it, it creates that fun atmosphere. Because obviously, watch your football teams up there in Landover. Who cares? Um, but when you have those two <laughs> playing well, and then when the Nats are also playing well, which hasn't been lately, it just it's just so much fun. And that's why we like doing the show, because you get the multiple teams going. And the Wizards... Are are off to a great start, as we as we mentioned. Now they they technically are third in the East, but there's four teams that are five and one, so they're they're in the mix. Um, they're at the top, and and I wanted to touch on the East as a sec because you, you know I know you've been following it as well um, as far as kind of where things stand, and it's early. I mean, uh, they say that you can't really get a feel for the season until they're about 15, 20 games in, uh, when they're about like a 
yeah, like a fourth or a third of the way through the season. But right now, you got the Knicks at five and one. There, let's play contender or pretender. Let's do that. So we'll start let's with the it. Knicks. Start with the Knicks. I'm uh, contender for sure. That's my that's oh, my easy, thoughts. Easy, on it. yeah, yeah, for sure. Easy. Uh, Chicago. I'm gonna also say contender with that new roster. I think, I think so too. Yeah. I mean, they they have uh, Vucevic and they also have Zach Levine. And they I brought mean, in they Ball, D- Demar Derozan. Yeah, I mean they they got they got some players there, so I don't know if they're going to win a championship. Maybe yeah. Maybe next when I year say contender, might... definitely don't mean for yeah, a yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Miami at five and one. What are your thoughts on the Heat? <sighs> I just I don't know. I mean they got Kyle Lowry now. I haven't really seen them play too much. Right. But yeah. Neither. I, right, I, yeah. I think ninety-seven points per game. Uh, you know, on, on defense, I, I don't think that's going to be able to to withstand because right now they're seventeen. Now that's the crazy thing: seventeen point differential right now with the heat between what they're scoring and what their opponents are scoring. Now, I don't know if they played the magic and the, the you know, calves or something like that a bunch of times, um, because now we're playing the Hawks now tonight for the second time. So, and we also played the, the Celtics twice. So I think when you're looking at it right now, I don't know really too much about the heat. So right now I'll say, uh, Middle ground. <laughs> Charlotte That's option though. Uh, the Hornets. The Hornets at five and two. They seem to be playing pretty well. You have Miles Bridges, who is actually just playing tremendously. Uh, the hero of Flint, Michigan, there, and uh, they they seem like they will be in in the playoff mix in the East. I, I feel like they're a top eight team, um, but we'll see. I mean, but but five and two, pretty good start for them. What do you what do you think in there? Are they going to be? Uh, you think they'll be in this top five when it comes uh, later in the year? I think the again the defensive points per game is a little bit uh, staggering. Obviously, it's only been seven games, but compared to the Heat, I mean that's eighteen point differential. That's a lot of points. So yeah. right now, I mean they're five and two, like you mentioned. But at the same time, uh, when it comes down to later, we'll have to see how Lamelo does um, later down the stretch with Bridges. I mean, there's a lot of surprises. I mean, you have Brooklyn at four and three. Obviously, they're trying to get on track there. Atlanta at three and three. The Bucks at three and four. I mean, those are three teams that are expected to be in the top four teams in the East, so kind of a tough... And then Boston, too. I mean, the Wizards just took two against them. They're two and four to start the year. The Pacers, who were a playoff team last year against these Washington Wizards, they're one and six to start the season as well. So the East has been kind of interesting. I mean, it's only six or seven games, but still, anybody that's there towards the bottom really surprise you as far as uh, some of those teams that you'd think would be at one or two to start the year? Now, I'm not going to say too much about the Bucks or the Hawks. I think they're both going to be playoff contenders, uh, but that's just it's too early in the season to kind of kind of go with right. if they're going to be there or not. Uh, especially because they're you know they're pretty much 500 both of them. But the Celtics, I think Jalen Brown was hurt for a game or two, um, and also Jason Jason Tatum was uh, you know heavily leaned on and stuff like that. They also don't have Kemba Walker anymore uh, to come off the bench for the most part and play his minutes. But the biggest thing that I'm looking at. Are the Pacers? Yeah, one and one and six is, is pathetic. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it at all. One and six is pathetic because when you have, I think it's his first name Demontis. Is that what his first name? Yeah, is? yeah. Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I always say Sabonis, but I always forget what his first name is. Right, right, right. Um, you know, uh, well, it's not but, exactly uh, Don- like you know. Uh, Steve, Derek, you know, <laughs> yeah. but that's the thing. It's like you have him who's going out there getting double doubles every single night. You have Malcolm Brogdon, who was just a monster in the first like five games. And then he's been hurt the last couple games. I mean, losing so to the like, Raptors twice is inexcusable and they've right. lost to, oh, yeah. to Toronto twice. If you're Indiana, and that's what can't be losing. Those Siakam's games. not even playing. Yeah. They're probably their best players. not even playing. Right. And that's the funny thing is like you have Indiana that, Everyone, especially Indiana, everyone loves the Pacers in Indiana. Okay, everyone does, and that's the problem. Is that 
You go out there one and six, and you have Karis Levert now as well. You know, coming off the bench. I mean, mm-hmm. you have some guys on that team that are ballers. Okay, they should be right now out of seven games. They should probably be like four and three or something like that. Right. Yes, Malcolm Brogdon was you know hurt for two games or whatever because I have him on my fantasy team, <laughs> uh, and he was he was just a monster for the first like four games. But that's the problem though is you can't go out there and have a have a slow start like this because now Malcolm Brogdon is hurt. And now you have to lean on Sabonis to actually go out there and go 30 even 15, like a Giannis game. So that's the biggest thing is you can't dig yourself in too far of a hole. That's why I'm really hopeful for the Wiz right now to you know make a nice seed because they're having a really nice hot start. This is the first 5-1 and one start they've had since like 2003 or something like that. Right, right. So you're looking at it, and I just think that overall the Pacers are the biggest surprise uh, that I've seen. But the Wiz right now, if you go back to the Wiz, they are at, in the new power rankings on ESPN number 12. Which is surprising that they're that that low. Okay, so it's league wide, not just conference wide. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. Gotta yeah, throw yeah, the West in there, but yeah, I mean, I feel like at least that they and, and the problem with the power ranking stuff and uh, yeah is a lot of it is based on kind of credibility rather than like the direct true, impact true. of these five six games because I think how could you possibly not say the five and one Washington Wizards beating Boston twice, uh, beating Indiana aren't a top 10 team in the league just based on these six games. I mean, obviously, do we think that they're a top 10 team as a whole? Uh, That's debatable. But just based (laughs) on this early performance, I think they have to be in the top 10 in the power rankings with their resume. I mean, that's just that's why the power ranking stuff drives me nuts. And I know a lot of the power rankings just to drive this type of debate. Oh, yeah. And and that's the funny thing, too, is that I told you on DraftKings, uh, sponsor of the show, uh, that they had this whole entire Washington thing. I think it's because it was a local promo that Washington, if you put $100 for Washington to win one of the games this past week, you get like a $30 free bet. Now, $30 free bet, okay, let's be honest here. It's not that great. Yeah, you and I burn um, that in a weekend easily. <laughs> yeah, I burn it in, uh, in three hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, you're looking at it here, and they have played lights out against Boston twice in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And that's the funny thing is that I didn't do that $100 bet because I was like, I don't trust it. Because I I know Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown's going to go out there and score 57. Somehow we're going to lose by 10. <laughs> and then Atlanta's going to go out there and and my boy Capella is going to go out there and hit 22 and, and, and 20. And then all of a sudden right, we're going right, to lose because right. we have no big men. But now they went three in a row. I mean, the, like, Wizards what, what, of old, the, <laughs> the Wizards of old would be the Indiana right now, starting the season right, off in a hole. Right. We've seen that season after season where they get in that hole. I mean, look at last year. They were pretty bad through the first half of the season. I mean, they were below the te- the 10 playoff spots for a lot sure, of the sure. season, and then they ended up putting together a really good second half and got hot and, and ended up squeezing into the playoffs. Uh, this time, we're not used to this. We're not used to this team winning like they are. 5-1 and one to start the year. Yes, it's six games. Yes, are we probably overreacting? Sure, but this is all we have to go off of, and this is the type of start you'd, you'd love to see. And, and I guess that's the question here is what's this team ceiling? You know, like that is the big question for Wizards fans is going into the season, I figured, okay, last year they were at that like 9-10 spot around there. I was hopeful and you were hopeful that maybe we could get out of the play-in tournament and maybe get like a 6 spot uh, or 7. I mean, obviously 7 would still be in the play-in, but still somewhere in that 6-7 spot was kind of what I thought the ceiling was. I'm going to raise the ceiling after what I've seen so far so this could possibly be, and I know I'm overreacting, this could possibly be a top-five team in the East. Uh, you know what? Honestly, when you're looking at the standings like we just went through, the biggest teams that I have posing a threat to us long-term, and I'm not saying, like, oh, yeah, we're the Bucks and you know the right. targets on our back. No one cares about us. Right, right. Are the Knicks, 
obviously the Knicks. I don't think the Sixers are going to do too much now that Ben Simmons is, is not going to be playing for them and all that kind of stuff. The Knicks, the Nets, the Hawks, I believe, are a really good team. I just think they just yeah. need to need to keep going. Cam Reddish is actually playing really well for them off the bench. And the Bucks. Right. I think those are those the are four, four teams. Yep. So I think those are the four teams that pose the most threat to us. But when you're looking at the stats and how this team is built, Bradley Beal, and you mentioned it to me many, many times when they're playing. You believe, and I actually am starting to believe what you're saying. It's my theory. That, yeah, is that he's just checked out and he's just not there mentally because you look at his stats. His stats are not Bradley Beal-like. I mean, no. 24 and uh, 6 and, and 4.8 assists. It's like, yeah, he has nice steals and stuff like that, but that's the thing. But look at the he's shooting not, percentages. The shooting percentages yeah, are low. Exactly, and that's the biggest thing is he's not playing like he did last year. That's number no. one. Uh, and I think also – in his head last year, he did have Russ, so he had that other superstar. Now he just has like really good role players, I guess you could say, um, and guys that kind of feed off each other. Because you're looking at this team and saying this is like the backyard baseball team that's like the kids off the block they need to prove themselves to like the sure. jocks, okay? Because you're looking at it, Kyle Kuzma has been phenomenal for them. A great over option. The, over He's been the, a great scoring option. Exactly. Yeah. Com, coming from L.A., where he was basically in the shadow of LeBron, and like no one really thought about him, and everyone made jokes and memes and all this other crap about him. Right. Look what he's doing this year. I mean, right now he's 15. He's, he's averaging a double-double. 15.5 and 11.8. So it's like, that's amazing. We love us, that. We one. take that all day. Exactly. And then Spencer Dinwiddie, yes, he's coming off that ACL and everything like that. So they're kind of working him in the fold yeah, a little like bit. Yeah, like the back-to-backs and stuff, we'll probably see him sit on those for a while. But exactly. he's been a great asset to have. Uh, yep. I mean, I, I would dare say an improvement on Russell Westbrook. You know? Oh, yeah, I would say it too because he went out there and single-handedly pretty much won that Pacers game for us. And then you're – I mean, the other guys, Montrez Harrell, okay? He's that guy that, you know, everyone always looks at like Lou Williams and all those kind of guys for the sixth man of the year or something like that. This guy is coming off the bench and literally just lighting the whole world has on fire. has to be a sixth man of the year like <laughs> at the top of the list right now. He's like, averaging a double-double too. Yeah. Kuzma and Harrell are averaging double-doubles. Right. And we got them in the trade. KCP, okay, nine and a half, and, and he's got some stuff in there. But he's not really that type of guy. He's there for defense as well. But the biggest thing is we traded Russ, got that contract off our books. Now we got two guys that are averaging double-doubles. Right. And we got less payroll. Now, all of a sudden, if Kuzma and Montrez want to stay here and all that kind of stuff. Now, I don't know the uh, whole entire contract situation here, but your fifth, uh, you know, uh, estimation is perfect, I think. Yeah. I think that they're going to stay in a lot of games as long as we don't have Gafford. And once Bryant comes back, that might even be a huge impact as well. But you can't have Harrell out there possibly getting six fouls because he has to play center the entire night. Right. Okay? You, you, you want him to come out there with Thomas Bryant or Daniel Gafford with him and just, you know, grab the boards, have Kuzma grabbing those long rebounds and having Brad, you know, get some, you know, pressure off his back. And then Dinwiddie can work his way in the fall. It's like, I just think that this team team is just fun to watch because they it's are. like i finally, said finally we've been waiting they, for this they, they are like i said they are the kids the outcast kids on the playground except for bradley beal they're the outcast kids that really everyone's trading for and all that kind of stuff no one really cares about but they're coming in there and they want to prove something and that's what you're seeing right now is like i said everyone's making fun of kyle kuzma and all that stuff and honestly i didn't care about the lakers game so i didn't really look at kyle kuzma you know as a basketball player or anything like that but that's the biggest thing. Everyone's making fun of him and doing these memes and these gifts and all that kind of stuff. And now all of a sudden, this guy's coming out here and just poning people, averaging 15 and 12. Yeah, it's I like, no, you're right. Well, what been, do you need? <laughs> it's been fun to watch. And, and this is something that we've been missing from this team. Because, yeah, it was like, 
All right, sure, Russell Westbrook was brought on this team last year, and, hey, he helped to get this team in the playoffs, and it was Russ and the Beal show. Besides those guys, there was really nobody out there on the floor that was fun. What are we, Isak yeah. Bonga and Mo Wagner and all those guys? <laughs> it's like, all right, that was a, a ragtag group. Now, you know, you've got some legit guys. I mean, Montrezl yeah. Harrell is a legit guy, and, and having him on this team is unbelievably huge. And those guys, if you put that trade uh, you you have to say the Wizards have won that trade so far. If you're looking oh, easy. at the trade, I mean, easy five and one to start the year, as you mentioned, all those guys are balling out. You have to say the Wizards won that trade. So yeah, I'm thinking top five. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, obviously we're gonna have to take it week by week and see how they perform. They're going to have some lulls. That's just part of the season. That's why you play 82 games. Is you're gonna have some dips here and there. But I legit think this team will stay with. I don't think they will drop below the eighth spot this season. No. That's my prediction. No. I, I think they'll definitely stay in the top eight and hopefully in the top five. But you're right. There's some there's some dogs in the league. I mean, the Knicks and Julius Randle are one of I, – I, I really love watching Julius Randle play. So they're, they're one of my favorites to watch too, even though a New York team you would think that we wouldn't enjoy. But I know you and I are, are right. Randle fans, so we, we like to see him just, yeah. just this big buff dude just ball out game by game. Yeah. He is and, so and, fun yeah. to watch. And that's the funny thing too about New York, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of tie it into uh, some of the, the draft picks that we had. So Julius Randle, you know, he didn't he didn't really pan out too too much when he first got in the league, but now he's on the Knicks and, while, and, yeah. and is buying into Tom Thibodeau because I love Tom Thibodeau. I know you do too. Yeah. I mean, the guy is just a monster coach with defense and everything like that. The biggest thing is R.J. Barrett is actually playing oh, very he's, well he's for them too. Definitely living up to the potential. And, and, and he was you know highly sought after uh, coming out of college as well. So tying that into the Wizards, the biggest thing is Denny Advia. Advia. Uh, Avdia, yeah, yeah. I, I, my, my <laughs> lip was my lip was messed up there. That's I don't know right. what the hell was that. Right. But then you have him, and you also have Corey Kispert. I'm hoping that these guys can actually build their resume and sure. try to you know get some minutes in here don't while being Troy Brown Jr. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. I'm just hoping that these guys can try to develop a little bit more because again, Avdia is actually as he playing, he's playing decent. He's averaging five and five, which is not what we really want him to do. Um, but I think he's trying to come into the to the to the team as a different position so he's still trying to work his way in not being the point guard and being a small forward right. yeah they gotta like figure he was out his overseas. Role. you're right so i just think that that's a big thing is hopefully these guys these younger guys can come in there and kind of be that rj barrett type guy where you don't really play too well in the first season or so and somehow you know you learn under these guys and kind of find that right. grit, find 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 your role and come out there and be a good draft pick and a guy for uh, they, and for a guy like Denny, it's kind of tough too because he just he was just under one regime in Scott Brooks, and now he's still trying to adjust to Wes Unsell Jr. And being so young, you're trying to figure that out. And Kispert will get his time, but you're right. There's yeah. just so many studs on this team that it's kind of hard for these young guys to make their impact. But hey, if they can just gain that experience, we'll take it. I mean, all we all all we are hoping is that they don't end up like some of the draft picks that we've seen in the past. So real quick before yeah. we end this topic, Wes Unsell Jr. Early six. I mean, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say this because it's kind of stupid to do six six uh, six games grade. Right. Uh, but what's your grade for him? Your schoolyard grade. Uh, what would you give him so far? Because if you look at obviously the defense right. was a big deal, and what we've done so far by our schedule, playing Boston twice, Atlanta, Brooklyn, uh, Indiana. Uh, what do you think right now? Is I mean, I, I would give him an A flat. A flat. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not gonna say A plus because I feel like it's hard to give a guy an A plus, but he's almost there. I mean, A is my grade. I mean, I think this is the exact type of start you'd want under a new head coach. The defense has been better. Um, 
you know, I think he's still figuring out rotations at times and things like that and trying to get that. But that's, yeah, he's a, again, he's a first time head coach. But overall, five and one start. You beat Boston twice. You win a tough over double overtime game that they could have easily lost. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to give him an A so far. I don't like giving out A's, Mike, but I'm giving him an A. Yeah, I, well, also, when you're looking at the points per game last year, I believe we were letting up, what, 115? Oh, man, and, yeah, so bad. We, were, we were also scoring, like, 120 or something like that or whatever it was, really close to that. But right now, 112 for the points per game for offense and 108. Oh, so that's, that's a so huge – I mean, seven points is, like, three oh, possessions. It's huge. It's huge. And, and historically, when you look at the teams that compete for titles year after year, they are almost always a top-10 defensive team. Right, the right. They are right. almost always. Always, without exception. Um, so, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Again, there's some more games coming up this week, starting with tonight's game. And as I said, Daniel Gafford's back, so that's good news. Quick look comes. at the NFC East back in the football side of things. Just a little quick roundup. The Cowboys, as Mike mentioned earlier, Dak goes out. Cooper Rush puts together a 24 for 40, 325 yards, two touchdowns and a pick, and they beat the Vikings. I had... Uh, automatically assumed when I saw Dak was out that the Vikings were going to win this game. I barely even watched it because I was like, all right, the Vikings are going to win. <laughs> I had picked the Cowboys to win this game. Um, with, and, and another thing that I do picks for, and, and I was like, all right, well, that's going to be a loss. And then I wake up at midnight with a crying baby, and I see 2016 Cowboys win. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, Zeke didn't get to do much, thank God for me, because I played him in fantasy. But I think uh, Dan in our group text made a great point that – that the Vikings kind of figured, all right, no Dak, we're just going to stack the box. And Zeke didn't really do a whole lot. But, man, Cooper Rush put together a hell of a game. Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, a lot of these receivers were able to ball out. Um, and uh, credit to the Cowboys now at 6-1. and one. I know you don't like it, Mike. I know you're not happy about it. But credit to them, 6-1, <laughs> and one, picking up a game uh, – yeah, another game in this in this division, and they're just running away with first first place in this NFC East. Well, you know what's funny about it too is that I was uh, out golfing before we started recording, and I was talking to some other guys. One guy's a Giants fan, the other guy's an Eagles fan, and I started laughing because we were all in agreement that Dak went out there and did his pregame warmups, and Mike McCarthy was like, "Eh." You're all right, but we'll, we'll throw in Cooper Rush because the other the other teams suck in this division. Right, right, right. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Who cares? Like, if we it's fine. If we if we lose this game, we're still five games up. Yeah, on it doesn't matter. Else. I mean, heck, the Washington football team was second place with two wins for weeks. I mean, it's not going to happen. So yeah, great right. win for the Cowboys. Unfortunately, of course, obviously we're not thrilled about it, but still credit to them. And then the Eagles, of course, beat down on my Detroit Lions, forty four six. It's funny because going into that game, I was like, all right, this is the Lions' chance to get their first one of the Me season. Me too. The Me Eagles too. were are not that great of a team. Uh, this is the chance, and they just oh man, they looked bad. <laughs> Uh, Jalen Hurts didn't even have that great of a game. Nine for 14, 103 yards, seven carries for 71 yards. Uh, but it was the run game for the Eagles that balled out. Boston Scott with a couple TDs. Jordan Howard with a couple TDs. Uh, Goddard with six catches. Darius Slay, former Detroit Lion, was able to uh, force a fumble and, and recover it. And, man, that hurt. 0-8 now, the Detroit Lions, Mike. Yikes. Not pretty. Not pretty. That one was oh, not man. fun. And then tonight, Giants and Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Uh, I'm still thinking the Chiefs are going to win this one tonight. Uh, but you never know. Danny Dimes, Mike's favorite quarterback in this league. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and then in college football, uh, BYU beat UVA uh, 66. They put up 66 on UVA, 66-49. For your Virginia Tech Hokies beat Georgia Tech. you got to be happy about that. Right, right, yeah. That was, that was definitely a good game because we don't play that well against Georgia Tech. I mean, as of late, it's kind of like playing Pitt 
We always suck against Pitt, just like right. we did this year. Uh, but at the same time, that was a really good W. And you know, un- unfortunately, Fuente is still going to be around. But at the yeah. same time, and wins you know, like that is going to keep him around. That's for sure. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, Maryland beat Indiana, thirty-eight, thirty-five. Close one there. Um, Again, Maryland, they just keep putting together pretty good wins here and there throughout the season, but they're still going to be like a 500-type team. Liberty beat UMass, and we'll get to the forecast in a bit. They got a big game coming up. Uh, Huge. I don't know why I didn't bet on this one. I knew Liberty would blow them out, probably because the payout would have been like nothing. Um, (laughs) And then ODU beat Louisiana Tech 23-20, in case you're curious, people. Uh, On the the forecast upcoming, uh, Washington football team, of course, on bye week, so nothing to talk about there. Caps head down to Florida to play those tough Florida teams. You got Tampa Bay tonight, and you got – uh, Florida, the Panthers on Thursday, and then Saturday against Philly. But, Mike, I mean, that's a tough slate here. Those are two solid teams in the Lightning and the Panthers. Yeah, the Lightning is going to be tough because, yes, the Lightning kind of struggled early on, starting to get their stride a little bit. I don't know if Kucherov is still back uh, for Tampa Bay, but they still have uh, you know Victor Hedman. They still got Steven Stamkos and, obviously, Andre Vasilevsky uh, in between the pipes, that behemoth that he is. Um, so that'll be a tough one, obviously, uh, tonight. But uh, Thursday, we'll have to see how, how the Panthers play without Quinville. Obviously, True. we're not going to get into that whole entire situation. Right. Um, the Red Wings were able to get a point against Florida and, and force the overtime. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Panthers are still pretty good. So we'll see. Yeah, that, that'll so, be another tough yeah, test. Here's my question for you real quick is, do the All Caps right. get their first loss in regulation this week? Oh yeah, they will. Yeah, you think uh, they will? It, it, it's 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 gonna either be against Tampa uh, or or Philly. I think I don't think they're gonna lose against Florida in regulation. Personally, I, I think Philly is more of like a letdown game. Right. Uh, you're coming off of, of two games that are you know down in Florida. I'm sure they're gonna stay down there all week. Then you're gonna fly back up here on either Thursday or Friday, uh, most likely Friday morning or something like that. Get a skate in. And I, I just think that when you're looking. Uh, at Philly, it's kind of like a trap game. I don't think Philly's that great, uh, but uh, personally, I think that usually, especially in the in the division and so on and so forth, you're going to see a trap game here and there where they're going to go out there and then they're going to have to have a goalie change and all that kind of stuff because we're right. not going to be scoring four and a half goals a game. That's just how it is. Right, right. And then uh, for the Wizards tonight, they play at Atlanta, who they beat already this season. We'll check that out. And then Wednesday against uh, Toronto at home. Uh, Friday against Memphis at home, so John ja Morant coming to D.C., and then Sunday against the Bucks. The Bucks have had a lot of injuries lately. We'll see who is playing by the time uh, this Wizards team plays the Bucks. but there's a good chance for this team to get another three wins or so this week. Uh, we'll, and then by then, we should be at uh, 10 games in after, after this week, so we'll see where the record stands. On the college side of things in football, Virginia Tech at Boston College. There, That's a Friday night game. You got Liberty at number 15 Ole Miss. This is kind of a fun one for the Flames uh, where you've got a good – I mean, Liberty always plays well, and now they're taking on a ranked opponent. And then you got another ranked opponent, Penn State, 22, at Maryland who I think that will probably be a blowout, but you never know. And, heck, it would help Michigan State if, if Penn State could lose that one. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll keep right. an eye on it. Uh, let's get into the final lap. Let's get some Mike's thoughts on some bigger stories in sports. 90 seconds. Here we go. The Astros stay alive in their game last night. The Braves just couldn't put them away, despite getting a grand slam in the first inning. So game six, Mike, the Astros are still in this thing. I don't know how you lose a game after hitting a grand salami in the first inning. It's 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 unreal to me. It's terrible. 
Uh, but hey, <laughs> it, it's been, I mean, I know the ratings are, are not great for this World Series, but it's had its moments here and there. Calvin Ridley, big announcement this week, uh, stepping away from football, just kind of a little bit shocking and uh, a really talented player, but um, so hopefully, you know, hopefully all is well in his world. But man, that's a big, that was big news. Yeah, it was definitely big news, especially for the game yesterday, because a lot of people had money on that game and different things like that. And the news didn't really come out until I, like I think it was like a half an hour before the game started. Right, right. Uh, you have Von Miller traded to the Rams today. Rams going all in. They want to win it. They want to win it all, Mike, with Matt, Matty Stafford uh, behind the helm. I mean, <laughs> how many picks do the Rams have left? I mean, oh, they're just giving away everything. picks. Yeah, the Lions <laughs> I mean, have look- a bunch of them for sure. And then now, yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of wild. Jameis Winston, you talked about earlier, uh, you know, significant injury for him. He's going to be done for the rest of the year, I think they said, or something like that. Um, I mean, that's the Saints just can't catch a break. I mean, I just have to stop betting props on everybody because I literally am getting everybody hurt. Speaking of injuries, <laughs> Derek Henry out for eight plus weeks. Titans today sign Adrian Peterson, the magic Ooh. man. That's what you do when you get in trouble in the running back position. You sign AP, bring him in, and let him do his work, Mike. <laughs> you, know, you know what the funny thing is, too? Now that I think about it, I actually did have a Derrick Henry bet yesterday. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, Titans fans are not happy, uh, that's for sure, because this is another year where, hey, the Titans look like a team that could uh, oh, compete yeah. for it all, and losing Derrick Henry, that's a tough one. And then the last thing here, number one pick, Cade Cunningham debuted for the Pistons this past week. Uh, or over the weekend, it was on Saturday night, um, and uh, didn't really score that well, but he had seven rebounds or so, had a couple assists. I'm uh, uh, Keep an eye out for any of the player props with uh, with Cade, okay? I think he'll be back, uh, I think Tuesday, the Pistons play again against the Bucks. Well, I asked you. I asked yeah. you because he was debuting, and I was like, hey, man, does this sound, sound like a good – I mean, it's a pretty easy bet. He had to get like four assists, and you are like – Ah, limited minutes. So I was like, yeah, oh, he only stayed played away from 19 minutes, and I'm glad you stayed away from that because, yeah, he's, <laughs> right, right, right. they're going to come off an ankle injury. We'll see what happens with that. But always nice when a number one pick finally gets his chance to right. debut. Let's move into a little bit of trivia on this Monday. Mike's Trivia Show. Let's see what you have for us this week. Do you have one for me for the Detroit one, by the way? I mean, I have the box here. Oh, I, I want one. I, w- I want to participate now. I want to participate. Okay. All right, here we go. I will give you. There's. I honestly, I'm gonna give you a choice. Okay. There's a Caps one that's more recent, but there's also a Wizards one that is early 2000s. But the Caps one is mid two 2010s. I'll give you a choice. Uh, I'll go whatever the Wizards one was. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Stay away from All the right. Caps. <laughs> Ola right. the goalie. That's the only. Uh, oh. <laughs> All right, Peter Bondra. All right, so here we go. What Wizards swingman led the league in steals in 2004-2005 on his way to being named to the NBA All-Defensive First Team? Should I repeat the question? Yeah, give me a repeat. What Wizards swingman led the league in steals in 2004-2005 on his way to being named to the NBA All-Defensive First Team? Wizards swingman 2004-2005. So those were the Gill teams. Um, that was a couple years before Arenas had like a crazy good season. Yeah, thirty so or over thirty points. Yeah. The Gill teams, the Gill teams. I'm just trying to think of some of the other guys. So that was back when they had like Brendan Haywood, Etan Thomas, Etan Thomas. Yeah, those were the big men. So we're talking swing men, swing men. <laughs> we named the big men. Who were the guys on the outside? 
Ron Butler. That seems a little early for Butler. Or maybe he was around there. Um, oh yeah, I, I could ask a question, but I don't even know what question I would ask. Um, I got a guy in mind. Okay. And it's only uh, this is purely because I just remember him being on these teams. Okay. I'm going to go with my guy, Larry Hughes. Okay, I wasn't expecting that uh, pronunciation. <laughs> that is right. Ooh, the Hughes, man. Larry Hughes, yeah. he's. It's like I barely remember those teams, but there's like four or five guys that come to mind, and Larry Hughes is one of them. Um, yeah. Because there's somebody else that, I, that was on those teams too. I you were number 20, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Larry Hughes, I just remember being really good defensively. Right. Uh, he was, they, didn't, feel, they tra- didn't they trade him? <laughs> yeah, and I feel like he wasn't wasn't that great on offense, but it was like he was like Gary Payton glove. Like he was the guy who was like he's the he's the defensive guy. Right. Um, right. Well, let me play the music again here because I'm asking you a question. I'm gonna ask you that caps one next next week. By the way. <sighs> okay. It's I'll, a good one. It's a good one. I'll study. I'll study. Um, <laughs> let's go with. All right. This isn't. This isn't too 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 difficult, but hopefully. Let's see if you get this. In game two okay. of the 2004 Eastern Conference Finals, Reggie Miller was driving for the tying layup when what player denied him at the rim in a play known as the block? Famous Detroit play for that finals team, that 2004 team. Okay. Uh, I have two guys in mind, obviously. Right, um, I think I know the two that you have in mind. Yeah, um, I want to do it without a question, though. That's the thing. I want to sound smart. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Gosh, see, the problem is, I want to say this guy, but I think it's kind of a trick question. I'm gonna go. Don't look at me like that through the zoo. <laughs> let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'm gonna go with Rashid. Unfortunately, it's Big Ben, isn't it? It's Tayshon oh, Prince. F and Tayshon. He was good at defense, though. He was. And he, he I was. remember the play well. And, yeah, he blocked Reggie Miller. And what, what did I say? Game six or whatever it was. It was unbelievable because he was at, like, half court. Reggie Miller was, like, at the free throw stripe. And next thing you know, Tayshon Prince comes out of nowhere, blocks the game-winning layup or whatever it was. It was insane. He was he was that 3 and D Trevor Reza type guy. Oh, yeah. Guy and he was on the teams. team forever. He was back. When everybody else was <laughs> gone. He was still. He was the only guy left on the Pistons at one point, right? Uh, from those that championship team, uh, Tayshawn Prince. Isn't there? Um, a, isn't there like a Tarian Prince or something like that now? Tarian Prince. Like yeah, Nets? he was in the, uh, Atlanta for a while. I don't know where. He I was. always, I always think I'm like, is Tayshawn still playing? It's like a and T I, and a Prince. And, uh, yeah, no, I know. And I think Tayshawn actually finished the season on Atlanta. I think actually, so yeah, or finished his career, not the season, but uh, right, but right. yeah. So that is the Detroit trivia question. Let's move on to the final yeah. segment of the show, the money line. <laughs> Sponsored by DraftKings. Another one-on-one week for me, I believe. Uh, or, uh, so I'm yep, at six yep. and eight. Mike, another one-on-one week for you. You lost the uh, – that was the Bengals pick, I think. Yeah, my won. lock. <laughs> two <laughs> weeks in a row. Yeah, I got my dog two weeks in a row, and my lock is not. But you still have a three-pick lead over me. You're at nine and five. I'm six and eight. Um, so let's get into the picks of the week here. My lock, I'm going Ohio State, 14 and a half versus Nebraska. This is a little tough because I think Nebraska is at home for this one. But Ohio State, if Michigan State doesn't win the Big Ten, Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten because they are the best. They have they have the best weapons. 
I think I don't like I don't like the fourteen and a half. I really wish it was like thirteen and a half. But right. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Ohio State here for my lock, fourteen and a half against Nebraska. Uh and my dog, Rutgers, twelve and a half against Wisconsin. Wisconsin's not that great of a team, even though it's funny, I say that, but didn't Wisconsin just get the big win over Iowa this past weekend? So, you know, you, you never know. Usually. But I just think this is gonna be a really low scoring game. I think Wisconsin's probably still gonna win. But I think this is going to be one of those dogfight type games. So I'm going to say Rutgers keeps it below 12 and a half and gets. Uh, they, they probably still lose, but they, they'll they'll definitely use those points there. That's my dog. Is the Rutgers going against Wisconsin? 12 and a half. Yeah, Rutgers. They're they're kind of a sleeper team. They're very like, hit or miss. Go out there. Yeah, exactly. That's a, it's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, they're very hit or miss. Um, and that's that's just the biggest thing is that when you look at Rutgers, either they're going to go out there and literally lay an egg, and they're going to lose. I think to like Michigan State by like fifty or whatever it was. Right. Uh, and then all of a sudden they they come out and they they beat like Ohio State or something like that. Um, so go Scarlet Knights. Uh, so my lock, I'm going to the NFL, uh, and I'm going with the Chargers, uh, because I think why this is that only is a, two and a half. I think because the Chargers had a bad game, uh, right. like overall game, I guess this weekend, and Philly somehow is. I would now jump getting... on this line immediately. Two and a I half. Would, I, I would bet eight hundred dollars if I, if I really had right, it. Right, right. Uh, I mean, two and a half. I mean, it's a zero percent chance Philly is going to beat the Chargers this weekend. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts just threw for a hundred, or, or he had a, he had what one hundred seventy three total yards himself. Right, and he literally ran for seventy of those. Right. I mean, it's like I understand he has he has some legs and some wheels and stuff like that, but you have to think that the L.A. Chargers are gonna just go out there and whoop up all over Philly. So I'm gonna take that. 100 times out of 100, negative two and a half, or I should say negative, I would say minus two and a half uh, over Philly. My dog, I'm going with Sam Hartman, the QB1 standout, uh, who obviously in QB1, uh, he wasn't like the looked at guy because at that sure. time they had Jake Fromm and Justin Fields, right, I believe, I remember. <laughs> on that season. And Sam Hartman, you know, he's working his way up wake and really wasn't doing too much or whatever. Now all of a sudden he's like a Heisman finalist right now. And Wake is a number 10 in the top That's 10. Crazy. I think Keep in mind, this ep- Wake team had Kenneth Walker the third last year. Right. Imagine if he was still on this team. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that's the funny thing. I think Wake is obviously uh, uh, supposed to be favored in this game, but they're actually plus two and a half against UNC, the four and four Tar Heels. UNC how is, is that so possible? Overrated. How is that possible? Yeah. How, 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 I would easily take this because they can go out there and win by a field goal and you easily cover. I don't know. Is I it just, just I the mean, Sam Howell effect? Is it like just they're like, all right, UNC still has a great quarterback, so we're just going to say that he's they're going to they're going to be better than the Wake. But no, I, I, I think I think honestly they're probably thinking that everyone's going to jump on the Wake line, and then all of a sudden they're going to get a lot of betters, and it might right. honestly. That's why I'm jumping it on it flip. early. Yeah, I think it might jump to Wake minus one and a half or minus two or even just a pick. Um, but that's the problem is I don't know how Wake is this far behind in an underdog when they're number 10 in the country yeah, that's und- undefeated jump Sam Hartman so he's throwing for 400 yards every other day yeah. I mean it's like okay what are we supposed to be doing here so I think it's gonna be a fun game to watch I'm definitely gonna watch it, even though it's a noon start yeah jump on that pick now that's why we do our picks at the beginning of the week people so you can get in on these lines nice and early on DraftKings. Um, so again Mike has the Chargers over Philly as his lock and wake uh, the dog against UNC two and a half as of this recording so, again, we will not be talking Washington football team much next week because they'll be off, but we'll hopefully have plenty of caps and Wizards talk for you guys. 
Um, and you can follow the show on Twitter at the DC Crossover and for Mike at Cerrone16. And again, we encourage you to check out Bird's Eye View. Episode 7 drops tomorrow of Bird's Eye View. Um, just a fun look at international hoops told by Washington Mystics guard and forward Erica McCall, um, a friend of the show, and we produce that podcast. So we definitely appreciate you giving that a subscribe and listen as well, and definitely subscribe to this show. And also download the app, The Contender, where you can hear the show stream throughout the week and when we do post-game shows and things like that. That's Contender with a K. Support our sponsor, DraftKings, as well. You'll hear that ad read at the start of the show. And uh, besides that, Mike, that about does it. I mean, the Wizards Hawks tonight, hopefully the Wiz can keep it going. It's good news that Gafford's going to be back. So that means uh, Harold doesn't have to carry the load all night long. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and we don't have Davis Bertans uh, picking up seven fouls in two minutes or whatever. <laughs> that guy wants to fight everybody. He's always, he's always <laughs> yeah, there. Right. Uh, he's, he's an aggressive guy. But, I mean, it's fun. It's fun that the Caps and the Wiz are both playing well. This, it's good for us, the show and the city, for sure. Exactly. Well, it's one thing that is really wanting me to to me because think about it here. Caps games are so expensive to go to. Yeah. Okay, it, it's you know duly noted. Everyone knows Caps games are expensive to go to because the Caps are always winning and uh, are always winning and stuff like that. The Wiz though haven't had a lot of winning over the last decade. No. So tickets are tickets are affordable. They're winning. They're fun to watch. They got a lot of you know hyped up players that want to go out there and just fight everybody. Like you said, got a lot of grit. I might. Be making a trip. You should to the. I mean, I might be making a trip to Capital One Arena and yeah, trying to watch I, I think this you team. Should. I think you should. Uh, I, I think, haven't been there since like 2004. From what I've seen on TV, <laughs> the crowd's a bit okay. So I think they're getting better and better as this team keeps winning. So definitely, uh, yeah, definitely go to Wizards games, people. If you're here local in the area, that is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. We will be back next week. Again, this has been another episode of the DC Crossover.